welcome to Spanning the Spurs, a San Antonio Spurs podcast and a member of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. And on Spanning the Spurs, we talk about the players, the coach, and the opposition of the best NBA team in Texas. I thank y'all for joining me, and let's get started. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Spanning the Spurs with Corbin Ford. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavaliers Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Knuck a Few Buck, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and Thunderous Applause, plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Welcome to episode two of Spanning the Spurs, a San Antonio Spurs podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can find me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Make sure to check out Spanning the Spurs on Twitter at SpanTheSpurs, on Instagram under Spanning the Spurs, and on Facebook under Spanning the Spurs as well. We're part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network, so definitely make sure to give them a listen. They have a plethora of podcasts covering everything from grassroots basketball to the pro level, a host of team podcasts. They are ever-growing, great content. Definitely make sure to check that out. Spurs fans, we've had a pretty decent week, all things considered, right? 2-0, good contract extension for one of the key pieces of our team moving forward. It's been a decent little week for San Antonio. So without further ado, let's get started. And let's start with that aforementioned contract extension. It went to one Derek White. Four years, $73 million. He agreed those terms. Him and his agent, Mike Lindenman, uh, told ESPN. Now, Derek White is still out, obviously, with that toe injury he suffered in the bubble. But he has shown signs of growth over the last three years. He had a breakout uh, playoffs in the 2019 playoffs. He did a very good job in the 2020 bubble. Um, the, the seeding games, if you will, that's probably a better way of saying it, where you know he showed a lot more growth there. And so for the Spurs, and this is them saying, okay, we've seen enough development. We're going to lock him up long term. And with this signing, you've conceivably locked up your Spurs backcourt long term because you have him now, you have DeJounte Murray. Now, there are two questions about that. One, um... Just like DeJounte Murray, he, the Spurs have signed an extension to one of their key guys after either a, a pretty significant or a reoccurring injury. Uh, Derek White, obviously, with the toe, is nowhere near uh, DeJounte Murray tearing an ACL. But Murray looks pretty decent. And at the same time, White has been gone for a couple months now with that injury. So, you know, it remains to be seen when he will return. So that's something you think about. At the same time, you know, uh, we know that DeJounte Murray's young. Derek White isn't quote-unquote young at 26, but he also isn't old either. And I think when you look at that, you are able to um, say, okay, this is the fit that we have moving forward with someone who is a decent defender in white, who can also go and make shots, create off the dribble, shoot the three really well, even at 26, and someone else who may not be quite the shooter, but has grown offensively in DeJounte Murray, who just can still be a terror on the defensive end with his wingspan, with his versatility there at 24. So you have that. The only concern I have next to that is, forget the injury history, 
these two guys have barely played together. I mean, yes, they've been on the team for a couple of years now, but between injury and then also bringing Leiden off the bench for a bit, it, it hasn't really been the fit that you'd expect for the backcourt of the future. Now, is this signing from the Spurs a sign that we're going to have these two locked in as that? I would hope so. I think that both can play um, on ball. I like White a lot more off ball than Murray. But even with that being the case, you have a core with those two, with Lonnie Walker, who's up for an extension next year, with Keldon Johnson. I mean, these are the core of guys that you have. You can mention Jakob Pertolese signed for a couple more years. You know, the core of guys you have that are going to be more than likely part of the next good Spurs team. And so, yes, was $18 million a little bit rich for White as of right now? Possibly. I, I would agree with that if someone were to bring that up in an argument as far as why it's a little much. At the same time, with what he's shown as steady progress and what he can continue to do in that vein, there's hope. And for the Spurs right now, you still have plenty of money for next year in free agency, even as that you know market is dwindling by the resigning contract extension, whatever the case may be. Um, there's still money out there to be playing with if, if that's what you're interested in doing. And... You know, the Spurs, they're not making super huge flashes. I mean, the days of, you know, the Kawhi Leonard-DeMar DeRozan trade, that was one more born of desperation than anything else. The one with um, LaMarcus Aldridge in free agency, that was a perfect opportunity with the player who wanted to go to San Antonio. You know, the Spurs are going to be what they're going to be in offseason, which is measured making smart plays. If we extend this to a baseball analogy, you could go for the homer, and the Spurs will hit solid doubles. So you already knew they were going to take a more measured approach in the offseason anyway. They weren't going to blow that money just all willy-nilly. So this sign right here is an extension of faith, not only to a player that they've had for a little bit of time, but one who's shown growth. Remember, he was drafted 29th in the 2017 draft. So the fact that he's been able to go from that back in the draft to a very solid player is a sign of development that he's proven, a sign of the Spurs' development with him and what he could possibly be. So all in all, I look very, I look forward to him actually getting back on the court and how the Spurs team looks uh, with that just entirely, like locking it in. Okay, we have at our backcourt, Derek White, Jonte Murray, at the three, you have DeMar DeRozan. At the four, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Or you slide Keldon Johnson at the four, um, LaMarcus to the five, and play DeMar DeRozan at the three. That's been a lot so far that's been working uh, for the Spurs. They obviously haven't had Derek White, but they've just slotted uh, Lonnie Walker in at the two alongside Jonte Murray at the one. So it's been Murray, Walker, DeRozan, Johnson, and Aldridge. And that's been a pretty athletic, spacey kind of lineup. They could replicate that same kind of lineup just bringing Lonnie Walker off the bench when White comes back putting White in um, alongside Murray and then rolling it with that lineup so there's hope for how the Spurs can look once White gets back but they've been pretty solid in his absence so let's start diving into the two games that the Spurs have played to start off 2-0 in this very young 2020-2021 NBA season. In the season opener, the Spurs withstood a mighty performance from one Ja Morant to overcome the Memphis Grizzlies 131 to 119. Ja Morant, y'all, I mean, I get a span of the Spurs, but let's take a minute to talk about our opposition for a second. He had 44 points, a career high. Now, mind you, up to the nine minutes left in the third quarter, he had a manageable 16 points. Not bad, okay. The rest of that came in regulation, my people. In regulation, he went from 16 to 44, from the nine-minute mark of the third quarter to the end of the game. He could not be stopped. It was crazy. Now, that's not to give a knock on DeJounte Murray, because DeJounte Murray's defense made John Morant work, but he just kept attacking the rim relentlessly, relentlessly. And he was, it, it was, it was a monstrous performance. But let's start with the, the good, 
for the most part, real quick, let's kind of talk about that. One, the balanced scoring for the Spurs was key in this game. It, it, no one got too high, no one got too low. It was led by DeMar DeRozan, who had 28 points and 9 assists. He did a really good job of getting into the teeth of the, de- teeth of the defense, finishing around the basket, 50% shooting, got to the line 14 of 15 from there. So, you know, he got there a couple times. Nine rebounds to go along with the nine assists to only one turnover. He did a really good job, but he was not the only one. The Spurs had seven players in double figures. All five starters. So, led by DeRozan. After that, it was DeJounte Murray, who had a really good game himself. 21 points, a 9 of 15 shooting. Six rebounds, nine assists. Finished well, had the mid-range jumper working. LaMarcus Aldridge, man, that pick and pop. The old reliable, whether it was an open space where the two guys are flying out, it didn't matter. He finished with 20 points, knocked down a three as well. Uh, that was solid. Lonnie Walker, great starting performance. 16 points, six rebounds, two assists, six of nine from the field, three of four from three. Keldon Johnson, he was aggressive from opening tip, and he played well as well. 16 points, five rebounds, three assists, knocked down a three. 50% shooting for Mr. Johnson. Off the bench, Rudy Gay. And Patty Mills were really your, your your two offensive hubs and look to be that through the through the season in my opinion. Derek White comes in, Lonnie Walker comes off comes off the bench more than likely. Then you have a little more scoring pop off the bench with Walker, Gay, and Mills. But you know that Rudy Gay and Patty Mills are the two great beers that are going to bring the offense, and both of them did that. Uh, Rudy Gay also helped on the boards, 10.7 rebounds in 21 minutes, 4-9 from the field. Didn't really shoot the three ball very well. He knocked one down in the first quarter and didn't make another, uh, but he played well getting to his spots. Also had three blocks. Patty Mills, 13 points, two rebounds, two assists, 5-11 from the field, knocked down two threes. You know what he brings as far as a, a offensive pop, um, you know, a little playmaking element there. Patty's going to be Patty. Uh, we're getting FIBA Patty, y'all, and he's he's coming up firing, and he's doing it efficiently. 5 of 11. It's real good. It, it fits comfortably um, in the starting five in terms of shot attempts. Um, another thing that I really liked, I, I mentioned Lonnie Walker. Not only did he play well and score efficiently, but he did a couple of huge dunks in the second half that were that were really good. One in the third quarter where he just seemed to float for a good minute and a half. <laughs> it was an electric dunk. Um, finishing in transition, pushing the pace down the Grizzlies' throat. Walker did a great job of that. On the whole, I, I, I think... That is what I found good takeaways from the Spurs. Uh, the negative side, we already talked about the defense and John Morant. I mean, I'm sorry. It wasn't like the dude was, was hitting tough threes and, and jumpers from that end. I mean, he literally shot one of two from three. And he got to the line eight, um, what, seven to eight from the free throw line. So he wasn't. He got there decently, but he, he was really just getting to the rim, blowing past any doubles, um, any hedges around picks, that screen and roll game. He was going around the corner and with a full head of steam. And you know that Jock can go from zero to 100 real quick in terms of acceleration to the basket. That's just what he did. Uh, it, it could not be stopped. And the Spurs had relatively decent defense on him, but I can't give total respect to that when, again, 16 points with nine minutes left in a third. From 16 to 44 in regulation, that's just a monstrous game. And, you know, I have to I have to knock them a little bit. Also, rebounding. Your biggest rebounders were your guards. Well, I mean, DeRozan's not a guard, but he... he, he I mean, DeRozan doesn't play as a guard for the Spurs in the starting line because of three, but basically your guards. It's true. DeRozan led with nine rebounds. Then Lonnie Walker and, and DeJounte Murray had six apiece. Keldon Johnson with five. That's your starters. Off the bench, Rudy Gay and, and Yaka Pertle with seven each. That's good. What hap- what I mean, I get that you're playing a smaller lineup and you have to gang rebound, and that makes a lot of sense, but LaMarcus Aldridge, you're, you're the five. I get that your game is predicated on spacing out, 
and shooting more, you know, those 20 footers into threes, it, it makes a total, it, it makes a complete amount of sense to me. But in terms of rebounding, I mean, you have to get in there more. That being said, they were better than the Grizzlies. They out rebounded them 59 to, they out rebounded 55 to 49. So, I mean, they they did a decent job there. Uh, they did a, a good job capitalizing off of turnovers. They had 17 points off turnovers. The Spurs did uh, translate to 22 fast break points. They did a good job pinging the ball around with 28 assists. Uh, the rebounding, like I said, I wish it was a stronger game from LaMarcus Aldridge. But still, all in all, they out-rebounded the Spurs. I mean, they out-rebounded the Grizzlies, so that's great. Uh, they shot the three ball better. Uh, also, 25 threes more on the lower end, but I'm happy to see that they were taking them. This was a, a pretty good game for the Spurs, all things considered. You obviously want to focus on defense. You obviously want to make sure that you're, um, you have a, a plan in place to kind of stop those electric guards like Ja, who, I mean, can give them problems. You know, the Spurs have decent defensive personnel, but, I mean, I wouldn't call them great outside of DeJounte Murray. Uh, Keldon Johnson competes. Devin Bissell, uh, for a rookie debut, was rather, uh, you know, rather quiet. Not not a whole lot coming from him. Uh, a lot of that could be attributed just to the fact of playing time. But in uh, what, 20 minutes, I mean, t- t- one of four, two rebounds, three rebounds, plus 13. So he still did well. Um, and he's kind of finding his way, fitting in the flow of the offense. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. As far as the bench, I mean, it was really just those four. Uh, seems like Pop is running a tight bench. You got the five starters all logged 30 minutes uh, with the exception of Marcus Aldridge, who basically did with 29. And then off the bench, uh, the other four guys that I mentioned, 20 minutes or just about. Devin Bissell got 20, Rudy Gay led with 21, uh, Yaka Pertle and Patty Mills with 19 apiece. Uh, Yaka Pertle, a decent job. Uh, you know, only four points, but you're not looking at him to score. Seven rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block, two assists from the field. He could have finished a little bit more. He had a couple of finishes where he just kind of threw it off the glass, it felt like, rather than actually try to put some touch on it. But I mean, for a traditional big playing in the system that the Spurs are, it's good. I do like the fact that the Spurs did go small. Like I said, LaMarcus playing at the five, Kelton Johnson at the four, Lonnie Walker and DeJounte Murray in the backcourt of DeMar DeRozan playing the three. And also, with four, three of those guys can bring the ball up and initiate the offense. You obviously want Murray and DeRozan to do that first and foremost, uh, but Lonnie Walker did it. Kelton Johnson can do it. You know, it's nice to be able to have that type of offensive versatility, so many options from that end. But that's it. For, for game one, definitely liked what I saw from the Spurs. So let's take a minute here and let's go to the second game that of the season where the Spurs played the Raptors in their home opener. So the Spurs versus the Raptors was another solid game for San Antonio in their home opener. They pull out the victory, 119-114, to in a really 
kind of tight game. Definitely a game of runs. A biggest lead for San Antonio throughout the game was eight. Biggest lead for Toronto was ten. There were six ties, six lead changes. It was, it was definitely a, a fun, uh, riveting game to watch. And going back to my good bad breakdown, kind of simplistic here. But what we like from this, first and foremost, and it's all offensive centric. But Demar Derozan, man, another solid game. Twenty-seven points, five rebounds, eight assists. Uh, all of that with only two turnovers. Again, three turnovers to 17 assists is is really good for your primary playmaker, especially someone who's getting to the line. Uh, you know, he got there a few times, four out of five. But here's what I marked as, as something good. The dude shot threes, and he shot them with confidence. Three of four from downtown. One of them in clutch time uh, to just tie the game back up and, and keep the Spurs in it. It, it was it was, it was was electric. It was exciting. Um DeRozan obviously has some comfort, confidence in that. Uh, Coach Pop, after the game, said, and this I found surprising, being that he didn't even attempt one in his first game, he said that, and I quote, DeMar, that's part of his game this year, to shoot more threes. I'll believe more of that when I see it, but he's had a year where he did that for the Raptors. 2017-2018 season. So we know that he can, you know, but it was it, what it was 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 no hesitation. It was just with confidence going up and shooting that three ball, which is something that, you know, when he does take it, like, again, outside of that year, it's usually, you know, shot clock, the, the, the matter is being forced out of his hands. You know what I mean? It's not something, like, oh, I'm going to take this three, and that's going to be that. Um, With that also, DeMar DeRozan with 27 points moved into the top ten, top 100 on the all-time NBA scoring list. So props to a, a, a vet in DeRozan who's filled it up a lot over the last 10 years. And is now in the top 100. And with it to be on a three ball, uh, that's kind of funny. I think that's a guy who just historically does not like that shot to actually get to the top 100, reach a landmark on a three ball, uh, especially one that was needed. That was that was kind of funny to me. The, the, um, the humor was not lost on me. I'll just put it that way. Um, as far as another solid point, DeJounte Murray. Now, the shooting numbers, no. 5-15 from the field, missed every three he took. He attempted three. Only got to the free throw line. He was 1-1 from there, so no. But he got triple-double. He cobbled together enough points. He was another guy that was a beast on the boards. In fact, he led the Spurs in rebounding. We'll talk about that in a second later. Again, led the Spurs in rebounding with 10. Added 10 assists as well. A rough kind of game statistically, but all in all, he had his finger kind of everywhere you need it as far as the pulse of victory for the Spurs. So, that was solid as well. Uh, another thing, Patty Mills. FIBA Patty, y'all. If this is what we can expect, we are in for a treat. 21 points. That's second on the team in scoring. 21 points behind DeRozan's 27. 8 of 9 from the field. 5 of 6 from 3. 3 assists as well. Comes off the bench. Played major minutes tonight. Him and uh, Rudy Gay both had an uptick over their previous game. 29 for Mills. 27 for Gay. Uh... Rudy had eight points, five rebounds, two assists. Uh, wasn't the most accurate from the field, but still did a good job. And let's talk about the bench just a little bit. The bench got opened up a little more. Uh, Devin Bissell had his minutes cut. You know, he went from uh, just around 20 against the Grizzlies to just over 11 here. But a lot more better as far as scoring. He definitely made more of an impact in those shorter minutes. Seven points, five rebounds, one assist. And that was because Trey Lyles got some time. Hit a three in the in that minute in that four minutes he got two, but he got some more time. Jacoperto played about the same. The bench opened up a little more. Um, starters played a lot more heavy minutes. Demar Derozan, thirty six big ones. Lamarcus Aldridge after um, still keeping kept under thirty, but he had uh, a solid game. And we're gonna talk about Lamarcus here because 
I thought he had a solid game in terms of a little bit of points in 12, rebounds in 6, and assists in 4. But let's go to the negatives here real quick, and, and we have to start with LaMarcus. 5 of 14 from the field. You know, when the jumpers are going down, great, but when they're not, they're not. He had an uptick on rebounds, but still not great from your one big man on the team. You know, as far as guy getting heavy minutes outside of Yaka Pertle, who eclipsed that in 10 minutes less time. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I get their games are fundamentally different. Uh, LaMarcus plays a lot more outside, 20 feet and out. Yaka Pertle lives around the basket, whether it's rolling, screening, or just banging around the boards. But you got to make more of an impact there. At least in my opinion, that has to be something that is a priority when you aren't shooting the ball very well. So that's something I looked at. One of five from three. Seth continuing the trend. He's now two of nine overall over the, again, just two games. So small sample size for sure. But still, one of two from the free throw line. So really just kind of extending this game just to the outside. It's like this stretch five, but with little rebounding and the efficiency isn't all the way there. So that's something I'm a little concerned about. Again, the defense, too, is something that I, I think you can definitely look at as a knock. Um, it, it, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. The Raptors had the better of the Spurs in all defensive categories, if you look at the last score, and it showed in the game. I mean, there were some efficient nights for a lot of these Raptors on significant attempts. Aaron Baines, 54% on 11 shots. Fred Van Vliet. 50% on 20 attempts, you know, uh, and a big 27 points for him. Uh, Kyle Lowry shot decently. Chris Boucher off the bench, 22 points, 9 of 13 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3. You know, it wasn't, the defense wasn't there. It was definitely an offensive kind of showcase. It got mucky toward the end, but I think that was some fatigue, some missed shots. It wasn't exactly um, a defensive uh, juggernaut. But got to end on a positive. And with that, I say that even though San Antonio is embracing the youth movement and it's exciting to see, I put this on Twitter. The Spurs, although they need some defensive improvement, they are, dare I say, fun to watch. Their veterans are still proving that they are capable. They may not be able to take you, you know, this team to a, a playoff contending team, and, and maybe they will. It remains to be seen. But whether or not that's the case, they can definitely take over down to stretching games. DeMar DeRozan really led the way, helped the, the Spurs to rally. That was just solid it. Just solid, solid, full of it in terms of being solid. Um, the Spurs having that offensive bounce was great, being a, a lot more of a terror in transition. For a Spurs team that traditionally, I, I don't think we associate transition with the Spurs, but they can get out there. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge, maybe not. The guy can still move. DeMar DeRozan, even at 31, and I mean, that's not old. I'm just saying in terms of basketball uh, age, can still get out there, lead the break, get guys involved, finish, you know, he, he's good on that. Uh, I- again, for the second straight game, the Spurs outscored their opponent on fast break points. Mind you, this was a lot lower of a margin, 17-13, to 13, but still. Second chance points, they were tied. Points in the paint, they only lost by a, like a couple, literally, 50-48. to 48. So, all in all, you look at the way the Spurs put offensively, and you have to be encouraged. It's, it's exciting. It's fun. Phone the lanes. Getting threes. You know, opening up the floor a little bit, embracing that youth movement, having guys like Keldon Johnson, who, you know, are, are capable of having big games, guys like Lonnie Walker, who, you know, again, when Derek White comes back, we'll see how the rotation shakes out. But he's had some decent games so far. You know, you still have the vets in perfect roles, whether they're starting as in DeMar DeRozan and Marcus Aldridge or coming off the bench as in Patty Mills and Rudy Gay. We have some balance between the two. Definitely want to see Devin Bissell get some more time. 
Um, I guess you need Jacoperto right now. I mean, he's a part of your team just in terms of what he brings on the defensive board side, but I'm just trying to figure out where you kind of cut into minutes to give some more time to Vassell. Do you shrink some of LaMarcus's? Uh, is Trey Lyles completely out? Lonnie Walker's already going to take a cut. Kellen Johnson's played well. Didn't have the best game against the Raptors either. 5-15 shooting, 12 points, but he still had nine rebounds. Uh, played kind of effective, again, getting out there, giving that injection of, of speed into that front court. And it remains to be seen. But all in all, good takeaways for the Spurs on that. Uh, defensively, again, it's a work in progress. Uh, definitely a lot more to be smoothed out. Guys are getting open looks. Guys are kind of getting where they want to go. You know, and, and it's not like the Spurs are going to be that sort of team in terms of uh, grind it out, shut you down type. It's not the 2014 Spurs. You know, it's not the beautiful game Spurs where they, you know, move the ball elegantly on offense and do that. But this is a team that's exciting, can get out. And if they can even just ramp up the defensive attention a couple of iotas, you know, I, I think they'll be okay. All right. Looking ahead to the Spurs versus the Pelicans. Number three, by the time you listen to this uh, on the season, Spurs obviously 2-0. New Orleans, they split their two games. They beat Toronto. So Toronto's 0-2, losing both to New Orleans and the Spurs. Uh, they beat Toronto 113-99. to uh, They lost on Christmas to Miami 111-98. Uh, one thing I, you would hope the Spurs can attempt to capitalize on is turnovers. Turnovers were a huge problem for the Pelicans in both games. Pelicans had 24 turnovers that led to 25 Raptors points. They had 19 turnovers against the Heat. And no coincidence, the Heat outscored them 19-6 to on fast break points. So if they could take care of the ball... You know, you might have an issue, but if they turn over the ball, we've seen the Spurs over the last two games take advantage of that with fast break points. These Spurs can get out there and fill it up. So look for the Spurs to capitalize on that. Because, again, you have a lot of young guys on this Pelicans team. Uh, you have a, a new guard in Eric Bledsoe. Uh, Zion Williamson is their second-year player. He's the longest tenure Pelicans. So you have some continuity issues trying to, still trying to smooth out. Sam Van Gundy still trying to figure out what to do there. New coach as well. So you have that. Um, an issue for San Antonio. And this goes back to the defensive part. Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram are problems. They are. They combined to score 60 of New Orleans' 98 points against Miami. And even if you stop some of these other guys, I mean, not really a whole lot of threats if you look up and down the roster for New Orleans. Their big ones are problems that are just matchup issues. Zion is just a beast. Yeah, I can see Kelton Johnson on him, but he is just a tank, Zion is. He's also way too fast for LaMarcus, especially at this stage of their careers. Uh, now, you can put Brandon Ingram. He can be guarded by a variety of players. Kelton Johnson, DeMar DeRozan, DeJounte Murray. I would see uh, probably DeJounte on him a little bit as far as matching length with length. But Ingram's so smooth. He's making a lot more tough shots this year than he was the year before where he had that breakout season. He looks good out the gate. I, uh, I don't know, you know? I think if you're San Antonio, you focus on pushing the ball down their throat. Uh, and this is a team in New Orleans that can match that in terms of playing in transition. But you do that, you space out, you know, you force uh, New Orleans into a, a couple more turnovers than they would already have, and you capitalize on those turnovers. You bang the glass. Zion is a beast on the glass, but guess what? Steven Adams is there now, too. And although he doesn't average statistically a, a huge amount of rebounds, just around nine a game, he's someone who can definitely muck it up and brings that size and and strength factor that you have to contend with, especially for a small, stringy kind of Spurs lineup. These guys are, you know, definitely a lot more of a spacier lineup than Spurs teams in the past. Expect Jakobur to get a ton more minutes uh, just to match up, you know, because whether you have Steven Adams or Jackson Hayes, you still get a lot of size up there, and the Spurs are going to play small. But use that to your advantage. 
you know I expect them to shoot some more threes get into the lane um, use a lot more of their off ball ability attack Zion he's gotten a lot better he's not the worst defensive player uh, but he's also not exactly what you would call a great one so definitely take that and use it to your advantage there and yeah, I'm I'm gonna go out and call another Spurs victory. I'm gonna say they start three and zero. I'm not quite at the level of putting up a, a points prediction, but if I had to, I'd say one nineteen, one thirteen. It's gonna be a high scoring affair. The Spurs defense, it's not a good one. But neither's the Pelicans at the moment, and I still think they need some time to work out some offensive continuity kinks. I think the Spurs can take advantage of that. I look to Demar Derozan to have a good game. Uh, Dejounte Murray, I think, can have a much tougher game playing against Ingram, but I think that the Spurs will kind of defend Ingram by committee. Look at LaMarcus Aldridge. Let's see how he rebounds again. He's had a, a variety of different big men to kind of play against, and he's been in the slump, so let's see if he can kind of snap out of that. Uh, definitely set by Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell. I think Devin Vassell gets some more minutes in this matchup. But um, yeah, that's my uh, brief little preview for Spurs with Pelicans. Excited to see how this works out and you know what shakes out ultimately and what we can take away from this into the next game, but that'll do it here for Spending the Spurs. San Antonio Spurs podcast, as y'all know. Check out Spanning the Spurs on Twitter at Span the Spurs, on Facebook and Instagram at Spanning the Spurs. Hoop Heads Podcast Network is what we're a part of, so definitely make sure to check them out on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Great content all the way around. You can find me on Twitter at CorbinMBA. But until next time, y'all, go Spurs, go. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Now just about do it here for another episode of Spanning the Spurs. Thank y'all for joining me. Make sure to like, review, subscribe, wherever you find podcasts if you like this show. Make sure to check out the other great shows on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. A lot of great content going on over there forward certain. Where you can find me? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. And until then, stay cool and I'll catch y'all next time on another episode of Spang the Spurs. And as always, go Spurs, go.